0: anti-semitism in america has been a major concern every major city police department in the country is now on heightened alert Hamas calling for a day of jihad we are at war
1: the war between israel and gaza has really caused the world to become more divided what this conflict has exposed perhaps even unexpectedly is the rise of anti-semitism amongst many believers. And today we want to talk about anti-Semitism replacement theology. Who is Israel? What is Israel? Is it just a land? Is it a people? Is the people in that land of Israel right now Israel? Are they the Jewish people of the Bible? And how should we as believers perceive them? Should we support them? These are all very important issues that we need as believers to make a decision on so that we don't find ourselves on the wrong side of history. Today, joining with me is Christina. Christina, thanks for joining me, Uh, guys. We want to start by reading just some of the foundational church fathers of the early church, um, some of the quotes of the things that they said. And I want to submit that this is really where a lot of everything we're about to talk about started in really the early stages of Christianity.
0: John Chrysostom wrote in one of his seven sermons against the Jews. He lived in the time of 344 to 407 AD. The synagogue is worse than a brothel. It is the den of scoundrels and the repair of wild beasts, the temple of demons devoted to idolatrous idolatrous cults. I would say the same thing about their souls. As for me, I hate the synagogue. I hate the Jews for the same reason. St. Cyril of Alexandria. The Jews were unworthy to perceive the meaning of the divinely inspired scriptures which speak of the mystery of Christ. And because they had taken no notice of the truth, They made themselves unworthy of the salvation which flows from Christ. Martin Luther First, their synagogues should be set on fire, and whatever does not burn up should be covered or spread over with dirt, so that no one may be ever able to see even a cinder or a stone of it. And this ought to be done for the honor of God and of Christianity. Lastly, John Calvin There the Jews, rotten and unbending stiff-neckedness, deserves that they be oppressed unendingly, without measure or end, and that they die in their misery without the pity of anyone.
1: Right. So what is obviously really strange about this is if you just think a little bit, you realize that the Messiah of these men was a Jew. He was Jewish. He was born of a Jewish family. He had a Jewish name, Yeshua. And ultimately... His disciples were all Jewish and many in the early church were Jewish. There were even many Pharisees who became followers of Yeshua, of Jesus. We have to realize that men came thereafter later in the hundreds of years following that, where they with their existing anti-Semitism, existing hatred towards the Jews informed by lies, Had this cultural shift that occurred with the opposition of Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles, growing, growing, and growing. And
0: you know, one comment that just really broke my heart that I saw on social media the other day was from this one lady who's a believer, and yet she wrote this. The father's chosen nation, Israel, is his wife, not the country, because the father hates the Jews.
1: That is horrific. And so when you think about the world today, that is very much alive. In fact, when you think about not even today, but in Germany, many people don't realize that over 90% of Germans in World War II during the Nazi regime were Christians. We have about 20 million of them Catholics, 40 million of them Protestants. And if you consider that few Christians in Germany rose up against the Nazi regime in Germany, because of fear or simple agreement with what they were doing, it paints a picture that is so dark for believers.
0: And what I just want to jump in to say is, of course, as Petey said, there were many Christians in Germany, but we know what a Christian really is, a follower of Yeshua, which we know is our Jewish Messiah. So these people might have identified as Christians, but were they actually, that's up for debate. If you are going to become either indifferent or supportive of the persecution of the Jewish people.
1: Right, exactly. And so what we want to submit by this is that the theological reason for what happened in Germany is still very much alive today because in Germany, many German Christians said, Oh, well, the Jews killed Jesus. And so this accusation that, by the way, is false because we all killed him. We are all the cause of his crucifixion because he died not because of the Jews. He died because of the sins of mankind. And it is all of us that have called for his death because of our sin
0: and scripture says that he went to the cross willingly as we know john 3 16 for god so loved the world he gave his only son that he would die on our behalf so that we might have eternal life he did so willingly so when we make this blanket statement that has been said throughout history but especially during the nazi regime that the jews killed jesus and i still hear it today that is a gross misunderstanding of the word of god
1: Right. So we then we hear now this, the Jews killed Jesus, and it's followed by this theology called replacement theology, which is very active. Well, in the Catholic Church, it was huge. And that theology bled into many of the Protestant reformations in the early stages. And today we see in many circles that it has eroded away, thankfully. But at the same time with the war, it has really propped up its head again. And so replacement theology is simply the idea that the church now replaces the Jewish people, replaces Israel in God's eyes. And God has shifted priority to the the promises of Israel. He's given to the church, the callings of Israel. He's given to the church. And really, Israel has nothing left for herself anymore. Today, we're going to uncover by not about what I say or Christina says, but what scripture says. We're going to read a bunch of scripture and we're going to get to the, the bottom of what the Bible says regarding this issue that we do see today. First, I want to talk about Israel as the geographical location on all of our world maps today. When we look at it, we see that there is this nation called Israel. And that nation is a part of the biblical promise that was given all the way back to Abraham, the first who was the father that is of Israel. And we see in Genesis 26, verse three, the following. Spoken to Isaac, Abraham's son, sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and will bless you for to you and to your offspring. I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Therefore, we see that the promise given to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob is that their offspring is given a physical geographical location, the land of Israel. And if you look today at the land of Israel, something incredible has happened not long ago, after a thousand nine hundred years of being banished from the land, Israel the people, the Jewish people, as a consequence of the Holocaust that occurred in Europe, they were given back their land. Nothing but a miracle. And on top of this, we have the supernatural mere survival of the Jewish people throughout the ages. Many before Hitler even has tried to destroy this people but they have been able to persevere and survive through it all. This can be explained in no other way but by a supernatural protection from God Himself.
0: What's also incredible is that the writer Mark Twain, who went to visit Israel, who described Israel as a barren wasteland, the land of Israel, but when the Jewish people returned, how it has blossomed and borne good fruit, how there's there's vineyards, there's trees, and it has become a fulfillment of prophecy in this as well. In Ezekiel chapter 36, God says, For I will take you, Israel, from amongst the nations, and I will gather you out from all the countries, and I will bring you into your own land.
1: Amen. So now we're going to look at the spiritual aspect of who Israel is. Romans 228 For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly and circumcision, a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the latter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So, Paul explains that God calls those who are his people to act like his people, to not just say, Well, I am his people because Abraham is my father. That may be well and good, but then you must act as one who is a descendant of Abraham.
0: That's why we have throughout Scripture, God calls his people for the circumcision of the flesh and the heart, because that aspect of the heart was so often forgotten by Israel throughout we see throughout scripture and God had to come and rebuke his people because it needs to be that not just through your blood you are Israel which is you know glory to God but you need to also follow the God of Israel and walk according to his rulings and his righteous instructions as well
1: we see in Romans 1 verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospels the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes but to the Jew first And also to the Greek, this great distinction that the Jewish people get priority with the presentation of the gospel and the Greeks also receive the gospel. But there is a different strategy as Paul has for them.
0: Right, and some translations translate that verse as Jew and Gentile. You know, first the Jew and then to the Gentile, because of course the Greeks were Gentiles, so all Gentiles. Yeshua, his ministry, he instructed his disciples to first go to those who were of Israel, to start from Jerusalem and then to preach the gospel going out from there, but beginning within Jerusalem to God's people there, Israel, the Jewish people, and then to the rest of the world.
1: Amen. So there's another accusation that has always been used, and that is that of the synagogue of Satan, the warning given in Revelation. Revelation 2 9. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Now, this is quite important because it can easily be used to talk to those in Israel who call themselves Jewish people. We can really use this verse towards anyone we'd like if we don't want them to be the true people of god
0: right i mean i've seen all over social media where people have shared memes with pictures of you know ultra orthodox you know ashkenazi jews in israel with you know these little writing on top saying we are not the real jews we are the synagogue of satan because the real jews are xyz pdq maybe it's the christians who are israel or maybe it's no it's only those who are you know who are black the black hebrew israelite beliefs but these no 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 they, they can't be jews because we don't want them to be jews
1: It's quite simple to get to the bottom of what this verse is really talking about, but we have to read a few verses from the book of Romans. I want to submit to you that this verse, as we mentioned earlier in this teaching, is specifically talking about people who may claim Jewishness, but who do not act out Jewishness, that which is truly what a Jew is supposed to act like. Now, let's read Romans nine, verse three. We see the following for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. So Paul, being a Jew, is talking about his fellow Jewish brothers. And he says this in verse four, they are Israelites and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises to them belong the patriarchs and from their race according to the flesh is the Christ who is God over all blesses forever amen
0: and you know what's just amazing is how Paul like literally says I would give up my own salvation and be cursed for mm-hmm. the sake of my brothers and sisters like I would give all of that up if Israel could be saved, if my Jewish brothers and sisters could be saved. And that was Paul's heart. That's the father's heart. And yet we see people who claim to be believers on social media and throughout history who say, well, I, I believe such and such. So that gives me the, the, um, ability to say I, hate israel god hates israel god hates the jews god has forgotten them god has forgotten them god has forsaken them god has rejected them i'm the new i'm i'm actually chosen but they are no longer chosen right, right, right. and yet that is not god's heart paul's heart yeshua's heart anywhere in scripture how can we say we follow the god of the bible and we listen to the teachings of yeshua and paul reject what they say
1: right and i think it's important to note that look we are not saying that all jewish people are perfect There are certainly many problems and there are many who who definitely do not act the way they should. However, at the same time, we must look at them with the mercy and the lens of scripture that Paul looked at them through.
0: Exactly. And I want to just jump in to continue with that thought in uh, Romans three. Paul says, what then is the advantage of being a Jew or what is the value of circumcision much in every way? First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. So what if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Certainly not. Let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and victorious when you judge.
1: Amen. So let's read further and see now who is Israel. Romans nine, verse six. But it is not as though the word of God has failed for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but as the children of the promise who are counted as the offspring. And of course, this backens back to Sarah and Hagar as to how Hagar brought forth children from the flesh. That is because Abraham tried to have children with Hagar because he did not trust that God would bring about a child from Sarah because of her old age. And but God did. He brought forth the child of promise would become which would then become the 12 tribes of Israel, that offspring, the offspring of faith, those who would believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and ultimately at the end of the age would turn their hearts back to the Messiah. And that
0: is the mystery of when Paul speaks about Hagar and Sarah and the child of promise is that through works. Hagar, or Abraham tried to manipulate this, this end goal of having a child and Sarah th- you know, through Hagar. But really, God desired to bring a child of promise, Isaac, but it required faith. So it's faith versus works. And we are called to walk in faith.
1: Amen. Uh, I want to read also verse 15. God says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Just like in any relationship sometimes it is a mystery to us why exactly someone loves someone else love is very much a mystery the depths of love who can understand it and in the same way god has such great love for israel and many of us can't understand it perhaps many of us are confused many of us say well look at how israel throughout history and maybe even perhaps many in israel today look at how they aren't worthy of that love, but who of us is worthy of his love and who of us really have the right to say whom God can love, who God can choose, who God can honor, who God can make promises to give inheritance to and bless the offspring of who of us can say, God, you're not allowed to bless that people.
0: Exactly. Like in Romans 11, Paul says that the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable. We know, of course, just open up your Bible, you'll see that Israel rebelled against God's holy law and God had to send prophets to call them back to repent and to return. But of course, many of us, we come from, you know, we're not bloodline Israel. We come from the nations. We walked in rebellion and disobedience as well. And yet in God's great mercy and grace, he sent his son to be able to bring salvation to Israel and to all who call upon the God of Israel, who can be grafted in to the olive tree.
1: Amen. We see now Paul continues on and says, yes, I am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham. And verse two, he says, God has not rejected his people. Mm, amen. Contrary to what those of replacement theology says that Israel is now replaced, The Bible says God has not forgotten. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. He says in verse five, so too, at this present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. There is a remnant of Jewish people that God has chosen, just as in the entire world where the the road that leads to everlasting life is a narrow road. So it is for all. And so there are there is a remnant of Jewish people on the narrow road. And some of them even today may not recognize the Messiah right now. But Paul writes and says that there has been a blindness that has come upon Israel temporarily so that blessing may come to the Gentiles so that they may come in so that they may provoke the Jewish people to jealousy so that then at the end of it all, they will look upon the one they have pierced and they will see him for who he is, having faith restored in him. Now, how this all will happen and and occur? That is a mystery that will unravel as time goes on.
0: However, I will jump in to say that we all are a part of this prophecy taking place. When Yeshua, his final last words were the Great Commission, go out, make disciples of all nations, baptize, preaching everything I've commanded, and lo, I'm with you always. That, as Yeshua said to his disciples in Acts before he left, he said, start in Jerusalem and go out from there. So we are part of this prophecy of Israel being saved, or the remnant of the Jewish people coming to see their Messiah and that is our call as believers of you could say um bring them to jealousy to see that we have this messiah that was jewish messiah that is in their scripture and look how incredible it is and his holy spirit that he desires to give them as he has given us we are to be a beautiful witness of yeshua and of our father's heart to them not the opposite
1: amen and I want to submit Paul, he said just what Christina said. He says in verse uh, Romans eleven thirteen, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous. He says my ministry is about reaching out to them and being a light to them. And that is what our ministries on this earth should be as well. Now, I would like to take a few moments speaking about the responsibility that Paul says Gentiles have further, especially in regards to humility towards our Jewish brothers, mm-hmm. Romans eleven eighteen. Do not be arrogant towards the branches, he says. And then in verse 20, he says, do not become proud, but fear because they were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand fast through faith. But then he says this, if if they do not continue in their unbelief, they will be grafted in for God has the power to graft them in again. And then he says this in verse 24, For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these the natural branches be grafted back in to their olive tree. Paul is saying that prophetically speaking there will come a time when they will be grafted back into that which they may have lost and so us now being here we should not boast against them we should not try and replace them we should not be arrogant towards them
0: exactly just like in verse 22 of romans 11 paul says note then the kindness and severity of god severity towards those who have fallen but god's kindness to you provided you continue in his kindness otherwise you too will be cut off And Paul says, how much more easily can you as the wild branch who was grafted in, how much more easily can you be cut off if you boast against the natural branches, if you are arrogant, if you depart from his kindness, how much more easily can you be cut off? We should be yearning for the natural branches to be grafted back in and of course this is not to say that there are not still natural branches we know there are many jewish people who have come to faith in yeshua the disciples were jewish again we've spoken about this a lot of the early church was jewish there are many jewish people who know their messiah but the prayer is that we continue to reach out to the jewish people so that they can know their messiah
1: yes exactly so coming now down to what is the synagogue of satan When you think about those who say they are Jews, but are not, it can refer to people who are Jewish people or people who are not Jewish by blood, but are Jewish converts. But these are always people who are claiming to be Jews, but acting not as Jews. And I want to specifically say, adding to this, considering what we have just read in the book of Romans chapter 11, that considering that the Jewish people who are blinded today is temporarily blind and will have eyes open to the Messiah in the future. They are not the synagogue of Satan, even if they do not show the clear faith in the Messiah at this moment, because, well, by nature, by the fruit that they will be grafted in again, according to prophecy. That means they are not the synagogue of Satan, rather the synagogue of Satan are going to be those who remain hardened against the Messiah, who hate him to the end of the age, who will never bow the knee, who will never see him for who he is because they do not want to see him for who he is. Those who came against Yeshua in the flesh, who who conspired against him, those are of the synagogue of Satan. When Yeshua spoke against those who came against him, he warned and said that you are of your father, the devil. And it was Peter who stood up in Acts chapter two and proclaimed to all there. It was you who crucified the Messiah. But yet he extended the hand of mercy, allowing them to repent of their sins. And so therefore, 3000 were baptized that day. Therefore, even those who may think like Satan, who may do some of the works inspired by Satan, they too have the ability to turn from their wicked ways and repent. Therefore, if we want to accuse someone, we have to be careful to not allow them repentance, to not extend them the hope of repentance and even think from our own perspective that they have the ability to repent, even if they act like they are of the synagogue. Of Satan.
0: right and that's exactly the point we should extend this hope of repentance this preaching of the gospel to the worst of sinners because we are also the worst of sinners we have all crucified yeshua by our sins he died for all of us because of all of us it's god's call through the entire scripture return to me return to me to teshuva repentance turn away from what you are doing from the darkness from the evil from the death you are walking in return to me return to his light return to his life that he comes to give you
1: Amen. And then lastly, just like we discussed how there were people who identified as Jewish because of bloodline, perhaps even who were could be considered as part of the synagogue of Satan because of their antichrist nature. There is also people who were converts in the first century from the nations who were infiltrating the priesthood and who were acting in the interests of the enemy, the devil himself, even some of the highest in hierarchy of the first century priesthood were converts who were from the nations. And because of this, many of them brought in perspectives from the nations infiltrating God's holy priesthood with that. They were illegitimate because they were not of the native born. We see, for example, Shemaiah was the Nasi, the president, and Abtalion, the Alphabidin, the head of the court, and they were both descendants from the king Sinaiac Crib of Assyria. Similarly, we also see the oral law of the Pharisees was based largely on the work of a descendant of Canaanite king Sisera, whose parents had converted, Rabbi Akiva. Akiva is known as the chief of the sages and father of the Talmudic Judaism. Some of Akiva's disciples include Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, father of Kabbalah and Rabbi Meir, who, would you believe it, descended from the Roman Emperor Nero. Akiva also proclaimed Shimon bar Kochba as the Messiah, condemning any Jewish people who did not participate in his revolt against the Romans as traitors to be cut off from the people. We then see Yeshua warning about this when he spoke in Matthew twenty three fifteen, and he said, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across the seas and to the land to make single a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves." And so it is likely that because they, the, the descendants of the king of Assyria and of the nations that were brought in by the scribes and Pharisees, they brought in some of the ideas of the nations into what we really see in the acts of those who are now coming against the Messiah in that early first century time. And so we see that it can be both Those who are Jews of native born and those who are converts, regardless, their hearts can be darkened and come against the Messiah.
0: It's really like what we know in Scripture. We talked about the circumcision of the flesh and the circumcision of the heart. If your heart, like Isaiah 1, God comes to Israel and rebukes them, says, I'm tired of your sacrifices, your new moons and your Sabbaths. Not because God doesn't like the new moons and Sabbaths he gave them but because they did so with blood on their hands. They did so in their evil, saying, oh, Mm -hmm. we can do these things. We can do things that might have been considered, you know, Jewish, right, or in God's Torah, but yet, actually, we are living in opposition to God's kingdom, in opposition to God's heart, in opposition to, really, God's law, actually. And that's what Yeshua keeps coming against with the Pharisees, those who, certain Pharisees, right, who were coming against God's law. I mean, Mark 7, Yeshua says, you know, you nullify God's law and uplift the traditions of men you lift up the traditions of men over god's law you know that uh, we have this whole concept of the synagogue of satan right and we have seen it on social media like we mentioned people wanting to quickly point finger to to the the ultra orthodox or to this or to that saying those the that person is a synagogue of satan this person but the scripture says simply those who follow after the ways of satan those who are, you can say, um, a disciple of Satan versus a disciple of Yeshua, even if they are Jewish by blood, right? That is someone who is a a Jew who is not a Jew, really, because they are following after, Yeshua said, your father, the devil. And that's why it's not someone to say, oh, they are the synagogue of Satan. They're hopeless. They're rejected. God hates them is to say, no, we all followed after satan and our father the devil until we came to yeshua we all were lost we were all out in darkness until someone brought us the hope of salvation and the light of yeshua and so while there are people in rebellion who are fighting against yeshua people who crucified yeshua the absolute utmost mean we all crucified really but people who are fighting against the people of God today who are hating on those who are messianic in Israel, who are, you know, there are those who are Jewish people who are coming against the messianic communities in Israel. But this is an example of simply whose teachings are you following? Are you looking at scripture and following what God has to say, his call of return, return to my Torah, return to my holy righteous instructions and the Messiah I've given you, Yeshua? Or are you coming with, well, I'm I'm a bloodline of Abraham, but I'm coming really against really what the God of Israel has to say, and that is a solemn warning, but any of us can follow into it as well, Jew and Gentile as well, if we say we follow the God of Israel, and yet do not walk according to the ways and the instructions of the God of Israel, and if we come against other believers, if we come against the gospel of Yeshua.
1: Amen. So brothers and sisters, we have to have mercy on our brothers and sisters who are Jewish people, even if their eyes aren't opened. We see that we have to have the perspective of Paul having mercy, looking in anticipation for the restoration of Israel. Their eyes opened to the Messiah. And yes, this is still a mystery as to how this will occur at what time this will occur. But we can take comfort that it is in God's timing, in his plan, his ways are above ours but we must trust him in it and play in his will, not against it. We must make sure to not point a finger and condemn and say, No, these people do not have hope. These people are imposters. No, the people in the land of Israel are not imposters. They are Israel and they are called by his name. And they have received that land because God gave it to them. He gave it to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and their offspring. And so therefore, today, when we look at what God has done, how he continues to protect them, how he continues to fight for them, how he continues to supernaturally empower them to stand against their enemies, preserving the Jewish nation, even in this war that we're seeing on the world stage right now. Therefore, we must make sure that, yes, Israel's not perfect. Yes, the Jewish people are not perfect. Yes, they will make mistakes. We will all make mistakes, but we must see them for who they are. God's chosen people and That doesn't mean that we endorse everything they say and everything they do.
0: Exactly. You can disagree with the government and the state of Israel and like in what their decisions, the politicians and these choices that are being made because they're, of course, you don't have to agree with everything. But remember the land of Israel, the people of Israel and God's chosen people. That is important.
1: Absolutely. And so I would like to end it with this. When we look at when we turn the book to the last page and we see what how does everything when it's said and done end God speaks in the book of Revelation to us and speaks of those who are of the remnant and he says in Revelation 7 verse 4 and I heard the number of the sealed 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel including 12,000 from the tribe of Judah and so therefore we see that The tribe of Judah didn't go missing along the way, but by the end of it all, when we turn to the last page of history, if you will, we see that they are a part of God's remnant. God still has them numbered among the rest of the tribes. And of course, those of us who aren't part of the native born Israelites, not part of the 12 tribes, we are grafted in to Israel as Gentiles. We become part of Israel, but we do not replace Israel. We do not get rid of Israel. We become a part of the promises. We become a part of what Yeshua died mm-hmm. for us to inherit, that restoration to the promised land.
0: As Paul says in Romans 11 verse 15, For if their current rejection, the Jewish people, means the reconciliation of the world, What will their acceptance of Messiah mean but life from the dead?
1: If this teaching has been a blessing to you, consider partnering with this ministry. We want to say a special thank you to all of our partners who made this video and every other video this month possible. Many blessings to you guys.
0: Shalom.